Welcome to the Lindsay Hadley Podcast Show. I'm coming to you from the North Shore of Oahu, where weekly I interview some of the world's most inspiring people from business, philanthropy, and entertainment. I love collecting humans, and these are some of my favorites I've found along the way. This podcast is brought to us by Capita Financial Network. Do you need help with the next steps of your financial plan? Think Capita. Capita is a financial network built around you. They have a team of financial advisors, CPAs, state attorneys, Medicare providers, and social security experts to help you accomplish your financial goals. Call or schedule a complimentary consultation at 801-566-5058 or visit their website at capitafinancialnetwork.com. You can also check out their financial education podcast, The Financial Call, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lindsay Hadley podcast show. Today, I'm so thrilled to introduce you all to Naomi Whittle. Naomi and I were connected through a mutual friend, Elliot Rowe, who's also been on the show. And she was reminding me today about our conversation from a little bit ago. And I was just so impressed with her background. She's just this killer entrepreneur. And as a woman has accomplished so much in her short time on this earth and helped so many people achieve their biggest potential dreams to be holistically well and thriving in life. And Naomi's going to talk with us a little about um, her entrepreneurial journey. She's launched over 300 different um, products. Um, she's known as like the QVC queen of wellness. <laughs> and I'm so excited um, to hear her story. She's also been an author and is a coach. And she's done so many different things in her journey in this life to um, help self-actualize and to be the best potential person she can be. So Naomi, thank you so much for coming on our show. Lindsay, I'm super excited and thrilled when I had the opportunity to speak with you and just learn about your incredible background. Very excited to be in your environment and uh, can't wait to get started. Amazing. So Naomi, why don't you share a little bit? You're based in California now. Tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you got started as an entrepreneur. I mean, you said earlier you were telling me that you've invented over a hundred different products yourself. So you're a creative too, an inventor, you're um, an explorer of new horizons, but then to also have um, the gumption to understand business, usually those don't come together. It's usually somebody who's like inventing and creating concoctions of magic and products. And then somebody who's like actually productizes that and turns that into a business. So tell me a little bit what made you, you and capable of all of these different aspects of business. Uh, that's a really interesting question. Well, I think, you know, it's always a combination of nature and nurture. And so I was born in Switzerland on a biodynamic farm, which is like organics, but at this next level. And um, my father's uh, a mathematician and a chemist. And my grandfather on my mother's side is um, was a quantum physicist and mathematician. So I had this like, wow, very cool <laughs> Um, upbringing. <laughs> very, very, very special uh, people that I got the privilege, you know, to sort of get those early years of my life um, to be infiltrated with the way that they thought. And then my mother's an artist. So between all of the the relationships that I had, you know, up until like the age of five, six, seven, I was learning about sort of the force of nature but through the lens of math and science, I, I learned algebra like with my dad in in an orchard. And I grew up in, in the UK primarily uh, and moved to the US when I was almost 12 years old, at which point I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. I had no idea, but 
the difference between growing up in England and for anyone who's here listening to this, uh, including probably Elliot, you know, when you live in a different country, there's such a different relationship toward creation, toward building things. And for me, I am um, quite severely dyslexic. And so I knew as a little girl in England that it, I would struggle through the system. Like I'm quite confident I wouldn't have gotten through my A-levels. And then, you know, you get sort of put into different areas. And um, I had always thought, I'm like, oh, I'll probably be someone who's like typing things up and working as a typist. That's really what I thought I would do. And then my mother got remarried and I moved to the U.S. And my French grandfather was, he, he used to teach at Columbia University um, physics. And so I got out on the corner of Broadway and 116 right across from Columbia University, which is where my grandparents had their apartment that, you know, was connected to the university. And I looked around, I'll never forget this moment, the streets, you know, the sidewalk was so big, the buildings were so tall, everything was expansive. And my child's brain was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to make some stuff here. And I don't know what that will be, but I'm going to make stuff. And I had a pretty rude awakening once I got to school because even though England and the U.S., you're speaking the same language, culturally, it's so completely different. And I remember I was shocked because the first day of school, the teacher asked the question, up goes my hand. I'm sitting in the back of the room and I have a very thick accent and I answer and all the kids look at me and I'm very self-conscious and very embarrassed because I'm so different. And um, I just thought, oh my God, I, wa I want to be like these people. I don't want to stand out. And, and the other thing that was a real struggle at that moment was I was born with autoimmune issues. So I had eczema that covered my whole body and I was I had a lot of, um, well, I had a lot of shame with it, but I also was uh, very uncomfortable because it would, it would, I would scratch it and it would, it would um, bleed and it wasn't nice at all. And so I, I had to, at that young age, dig deep because I didn't have any friends. I was completely different than all the other kids and I was covered in eczema. And in England, we would make these little friendship bracelets for each other that would be with, you know, different color strings. So I'd be like, oh, Lindsay likes dark blue. Maybe I'll make her one with gold and blue and then I'll give it to you and you'll put it on your wrist and you'll wear it. And nobody in the U.S. school knew about that. So I said, mm, I'm going to bring something from here to here and see how it goes. And so I made a bunch of bracelets and that's how I started to make my friends Nice. And I learned about entrepreneurship in that way. Like I can bring things from other cultures and share them and it can create a trend. And so that's basically how my career started. Like I brought collagen into the U.S. market from Southeast Asia in 2008. And, wow. and the women here didn't know about it then. Right. And know. now I have elastin 
from northern France. And the women in the U.S., we don't know about it yet. But give me a year and and we'll and all be know. using it. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So so this was a date and you, like you said, but then you also nurtured with this incredible family of brilliant people and that had a holistic approach to the world and nurtured you in a way that that uh, gave you all these opportunities. It's really stunning. I loved hearing that background, Naomi. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing now. I mean, you've been in the wellness space, supplements, products, beauty products. I mean, you mentioned collagen. I mean, that is like household thing now, but you did that in 2008 for when no one heard about it. So tell us a little bit about where you're at now and everything you're involved in and what's what's on deck in your life. Sure. So uh, I think, you know, to best answer that question, I've, I've built and I've sold three companies. I'm um, just about to scale the company that I have now. This is my fourth company. It's Omi Well Beauty. And Omi is all about um, this concept of, you know, like our health and our beauty, what we put into our bodies, the biological peptides or whatever it might be, the foods that we eat, the thoughts that we put into our, our mind, all of that, as you internalize it, what comes out on the outside is this well beauty. And I, I think beauty is a force of nature. And I think beauty is something that's on the inside. Um, and when you talk about high performance for any entrepreneur that's listening, man or woman, that sense of beauty that comes from inside of us is truly how I believe in many, many ways, our force of, of energy and capability to do whatever it is that we might be doing uh, sort of stems from that. So I'm building a company right now. I'm building it in um, Los Angeles specifically because of the connection between um, beauty and wellness that's here and uh, just loving it, just absolutely loving it. I love that. I love that you said that beauty is a force of nature because you're very beautiful and you're called the force of nature by colleagues and people in the industry. So selling three different companies um, as a woman entrepreneur, in, were they all in wellness in each one of them? Um, yes. Were they, Tell us a little bit about why you kept going, because that's an exhausting experience building a, a company. And how many years in between did you just get right back on the treadmill? You're like, all right, let's go up the next, you know, proverbial Everest. I'm going to just climb the next one, you know, or like, did you have a parlaying? What, what led you into just back to back to back entrepreneurship like that, like in a serial component? Uh, I don't, I'll start with this and this is a question for you and then also for everybody that's listening um ernest hemingway wrote a six-word story and my mentor his name is uh, sanjay kosla he's been my mentor for over a decade uh about nine or ten years ago he said to me and sanjay is one of the most brilliant uh business operators. He built um, over six years, $9 billion organically within Kraft Foods internationally. Wow. He wrote a big book called Bigger, Bolder, Fewer, Bigger, Bolder. And he's such a special type of um, genius. I just adore this human being. But about a decade ago, he said, okay, let's each write our six word story. So mine was, you know, constant dissatisfaction. <laughs> climbing mountains, always curious. And oh. that's why, and I think it's useful for anyone 
if you think about distilling sort of your purpose, your theme, what drives you, Lindsay, and you have those six words, maybe you put them in front of you. Like I'm sitting in a space where I've got quotes in front of me. Um, I, I constantly am feeding my conscious and my subconscious with, with the right types of information. And I think those six words are why I, you know, have constantly enjoyed the process of, of creation and building different companies. So, uh, when I was a teenager, my stepfather had a plastic, he, he launched a plastic manufacturing business and he allowed me to work as much as I wanted, which was a lot because he worked a lot and I wanted to be like him. And he also allowed me, he never closed any doors. So I didn't really think about gender in any way. So I could come into any meeting. I started to advise him on organizational structure. I started to read about how, you know, factories are built. And so much of this country is, well, historically was built on uh, factory workers. And certainly with where we're going with AI right now, we have to reimagine all aspects of work, which is, I think, a very exciting and um, mind-bending time for all of us, which is great. So that was really my first experience in business. And then when I was in college, um, I my grandmother had a pet project, which was this health food store. I bought the health food store from her. I had been out in, it was in Florida. I had been in California and there were juice bars out here. This was 25 years ago. Jamba wow. juice was like the thing. And I'm like, ooh, I oh, like yes. that. Yes. But I don't want to drink a bunch of smoothies. Like right now, I'm literally drinking my vegetable juice. I do this every day, always. Incredible. So I, I put a juice bar in um in my health food store and then I sold it a year and a half later. And I started um, a direct-to-consumer company called Ageless. And it was all about really helping to activate the secretagogues, you know, that um, would enhance like growth hormone and things like that. And I, I fell in love with Dr. Ronald Klatz and um, those sort of longevity experts that were at the very, very forefront, like A4M and American Academy of Anti-Aging. I think it just happened in Vegas this last week, but that I got really into longevity and I went to Okinawa, but I was thinking about my own health, right? Like I read a book by someone by the name of Dr. Wilcox. These are two twin brothers, both from Harvard. And they went to Okinawa and they wrote this book called The Okinawan Diet. And one of them stayed in Okinawa and worked at the university there. So I read his book. And because I'm always curious, off I went to Okinawa, like in my, you know, mid-20s, and I was already on my second company, this direct ageless company. And I just followed my curiosity and went with it. And then I, I sold that company in, I was in my mid, early 30s, probably 32. And that was the most challenging experience because I sold it to a company called NatureAid which was an 80-year-old company in the nutritional industry. 
And the chairman, uh, his name was Peter Pocklington, and some of your folks may know of him, um, but they ended up not paying me for my company. Oh, no. And, and um, putting the parent company into bankruptcy. And uh, I had to go through this whole crazy process. And it was very, very challenging and very, very upsetting. And my husband basically took the stock from that company. I mean, I built that company over eight plus years, put so oh. much blood, sweat, love, tears into it. He took the That's stock. That's so painful. It's okay, though. And he framed it. And he said, you know what? This is going to be an inexpensive lesson for you. Mm. It's like, no. <laughs> but, but it was. And then from that, I, you know, I, it, I went after them. I ended up putting Peter Pocklington in, in jail. Oh. Yeah. He went to jail. It was a huge story. Um, it was sort of like they, the Canadian version of like Us Weekly, no, not um, USA Today or something like that was like the oh. David and Goliath story because I was wow. one of many. Right. The Alberta government joined my lawsuit. So it's just, it's like a movie. Wow. Wow. But it was a big learning. So once I was able to process that and heal from that, I started my last company, which I started in 2008. And that was Reservage Nutrition. And uh, that was a love story. And it grew very, very fast. We went, you know, we were the fastest growing mid-sized company in the nutritional industry. I had a lot of energy and passion and joy for it. And I sold it six years later and um, then became the CEO of the parent company six months later, which was a really great and growing experience. I did that for two years. And that was a public company that was Twin Lab, which is a legacy brand in the natural industry that everyone who's taken vitamins probably grew up on. And I did that for two years. And then my book, which I have put up here, um, Glow 15 came out in March of 2018, and it became an instant New York Times bestseller. So I focused on being an author. Yeah, so great. That's and it was so like a dream horrible. come true. What is your book about, Naomi? I wish I had read it so I could speak to it a little bit, but... So I'd love to I'll send it to you. It's about this amazing process that we all have within our own bodies. It's called autophagy. And really, no one had heard about autophagy then. Now, a lot of people in the wellness space do know about it. But what was fascinating, I wrote it probably, took me many years, um, probably started the concept maybe in 2012. And then I shopped it to publishers um, in 2016, and the Nobel Prize in Medicine had just been won by Yosunori Osumi for it, um, for this concept of autophagy. So autophagy, auto means self, phagy means to eat. So in every single cell inside your body, you have this like little doctor that basically says, okay, we're going to recycle we're going to um, uh, repair this cell. We're going to eliminate this cell, or we're going to grow more cell. Like 
It's the whole way in which our body naturally detoxifies and also how the youth really sort of activates within our body. So I wanted to know everything about autophagy and how to activate it and how to deactivate it. So that's what the book is about. And it's like a whole plan. And um, it's a 15-day plan. And I did a clinical study. So it's like, wow, super relevant today, even though the book came out in 2018. You know, we introduced um, intermittent fasting, protein cycling, just so much stuff. So what are some of the best hacks? Yeah, what are some of the best hacks from the book? So intermittent fasting, you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So that's not, you know, now that's been around for quite some time. I think probably the best hacks of interest to me right now are really around uh, sleep, circadian rhythm, you know, Mm. as um, I'm probably going to shock you a little bit here, but like as a female, we need to have at least 200 orgasms a year. So really, you know, incorporating our, our sexual health, um, that's a really awesome hack. You know, (laughs) I look at it as optimization. Like I think for us as women, it's not so much that we need to biohack, but we need to optimize and we need to do it fast and simply because we just don't have the time. Mm. How did you get the research that you need 200 orgasms? This is a fun conversation. Like, and why 200 and not 360? (laughs) Well, Lindsay, I have a lot of unbelievably, remarkably brilliant friends that are PhDs. And the way we look at a fun Sunday afternoon is like going into the, the, you know, published articles on our favorite subjects. So um, basically, we decided that we wanted to really research, you know, how to optimize a woman's biology. And that's where this study around 200 orgasms came out. And I've um, taken it to heart ever since. That's amazing. (laughs) So, um, Sleep is a big conversation, but um, currently, you know, how does somebody, if that is having trouble sleeping, like making the time for it is one thing that's like discipline, but there's a lot of people like myself. I've always felt like God loves people more than me that that can just like go to bed and go to sleep through the whole night and wake up. I toss and turn. I wake up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to have like a noisemaker. I've tried to do like sleep routines. You know, I found that when I exercise or eat well, I sleep better when I, when I keep my weight um, at an optimal level, I sleep better. There's certain things um, that do help um, my mental health. All those things are part of it. But I just tend to be someone who wakes up a lot at night and tosses and turns and goes right to, back to bed. Is there anything you've learned to, to help with managing sleep? I think it's a common things. problem for a lot of people. It is very, very common. And it's, and it's the one thing, like at night is when you activate your autophagy the best. It's when your body is cleansing itself. You know, it's like when the brain is is really cleansing and detoxifying. Uh, so for me, I have a lot of nighttime um, rituals that I really incorporate. And one of them is, I don't know if you take magnesium. Mm, no. Okay, so magnesium three and eight, there's um, 
a type of magnesium that has been clinically shown, and a lot of people have heard of it, um, I'm sure that are listening, but it's the type of magnesium that crosses the blood-brain barrier, and it's been clinically shown to really nourish the brain. So it's almost like it's washing and cleansing your brain while you sleep, magnesium three and eight. So when we're done with this, I'm sending you a gift package, like seriously, and you'll take two capsules before you go to bed. Like I have in my bedroom, right beside my bed, my bottle of magnesium three and eight. So if you open the drawer beside my bed, you're going to see I wear an eye mask at night. I wear a silk eye mask while I sleep because there's a lot of research that shows when you're, well, we know when you're completely in the dark, how beneficial that is. So I yeah. always have my eye mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I also sleep with a pillow that holds my head. It's more for vanity because I want, I don't want to keep my head in a position where I'm forming more wrinkles while I sleep. So, but I, but I, I have a special pillow um, that also helps me to sleep well. I use, um, I do so many different things um, wow. while I sleep. I don't know if you ever have tried mouth. Tape. Oh, I've heard of it. I've I've, I've listened, listened to some podcasts about it. It makes you breathe through your nose. Yeah. So you just order it on Amazon, put the mouth tape on, right? See how that works. I'm hugely obsessed as I have been since I was a kid with meditation. So I'll often use deep sleep meditations that I listen to as I'm going to sleep that will wow. keep me deeper you know, you can study your sleep cycles. It's well worth doing that. To me, it's the one area where I got the most obsessed because it's the one area where you can improve your health the very, very most is that makes while sense. you sleep. That makes so much sense, Naomi. And what a wealth of knowledge and power you are with. I, I'm so excited to read your book and thank you for being so generous to send packages. Can't wait. Yay for me. Um, tell me a little bit about like with all the success you've had, um, have you gotten involved in, they talk a lot of t- about in entrepreneurship, there's like the road to success or the path to success. And then there's, once you get there, there's like a, a new purview of trying to build significance. And a lot of times for people that comes in the form of giving back or mentoring someone else, I love that you found a mentor. Um, was it Sanjay was his name, your mentor? Yes. Yes. Sanjay I mean, Kosla. Sounds sounds like an absolute phenom of a human. I've, I've been very blessed with incredible mentors in my career. Um, mostly have been male mentors. Um, I, it's it, it would have been so amazing to find more women mentors along the way. I, I currently work with uh, a female leader who's my boss, um, our COO of Capita, Cassie Myers. She's remarkable. And I've enjoyed so much having a lot of female colleagues or female employees or female consultants that have worked with me. But not a lot of like female mentors have I come across. And um, and, and I, I think part of that's part of the world that I grew up, the religious culture that I grew up, some of the conservative dynamics, but also just um, I've just found that, you know, something about a connection in a mentorship, it is just kind of a kismet, like there is an energy or a match that a energetic match that works really well. Um, but I've always wanted to find more female mentors. So Tell me a little bit about, have you mentored or how, what's a way that you're like in this later phase in your life when you've accomplished so much, maybe utilizing, um, maybe the giving back component of your life or, or generosity in that, in that space. So for me, uh, 
I've always incorporated it into everything that I do. Um, within my companies, I, I, I started my own foundation in 2011 and it was really around supply chain. And, and we spoke a little bit about this, but it's, yes. it's, it's the gift of being able to work, for example, with an indigenous group of people that are supplying a raw material in my industry. Uh, it could be cacao, it could be coffee beans, it could be whatever the ingredient is, and then really developing um, a co-creative uh, way of working within supply chain. So I I know that you know you come from nonprofit, and I I had the privilege of being on the board of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce on the foundation side. So I've been involved, you know, with a lot of five hundred one c threes and different different groups. But I I like to think about things holistically. So just like I like to think about each of us as women, as a whole woman, right? So it's just important, just as important to talk about how we sleep, as how we do business, as how we give back, as how we nourish ourselves. And that's obviously, you know, through sleep and, and so many different things. But I look at business and I look at my life. I try to look at it as a whole process and just different aspects. So um, I've always involved nonprofit um, as part, as connected to my businesses and connected to my life. Like in the day, the gratitude you know, there's so many ways where it can infiltrate everything that you do. And so that's still my the way that I go about doing it. And I think your point is so valid about mentors. Uh, what I've learned since I've moved to Los Angeles, I just moved here in February. And my entire life was really my obsession around work, around learning, and I have a family and I was married for almost 18 years. So my friends, the girls in my life, my pure friends sort of took like a real far back, back, you know, at the back of the end of the line. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday by a very famous psychologist. And she was saying, you know, friendship is like a cactus you know you can you can put your friendships through a lot and they'll just keep coming back and if we just nurture our friendships a little bit then they give so much back in return and i'll share one last quick thing but this is sort of core i think to being a female entrepreneur five months ago my my um doctor, Dr. Gersh, Felice Gersh, who's here in LA, we do my blood work all the time. And she got the report and she, this was five months ago. She's like, Naomi, I've never seen your blood this good. It's better than it's been like in five years. I don't even Yay. think it's your blood. And we're going through it. I said, do you think they made a mistake? Is this really my blood? And she's like, no, they didn't make a mistake. And we're trying to figure out why does my blood look so good? Because I have genetically high cholesterol. I've got like some of my autoimmune stuff. She said it's because of the investment that I'm putting into my girlfriends wow. and the time with them. So wow. I think 
for all of us, it's not even looking for a female mentor. It's more like finding your girls yes. and hanging out and doing fun things and and enriching each other's lives and making that a, like that to me is 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 my core self care. Oh, I love that you're saying that. I can bear testimony to that because the women in my lives that are my dear friends have just been great soul food, soul food and buoyed me up like like I can't even articulate. So I love what you're saying. Women have been such a good that the friendship and I guess in that sense, when I think about when you put in those terms, they've been great mentors to me on my my healing journey, on my self love journey. You know, personally, being a mother, a wife, uh, a person of faith, all of that, they've been just the richest of um, mentors. So I, I love that you put it in that sense. Um, Naomi, when you mentioned earlier, I love that thing about, you know, six letter, a six, a six word story. Um, and you mentioned being constantly dissatisfied, something that um, I, I believe there was a bunch of research done on successful people. And there is like a thread line of, of kind of a dissatisfaction. Like there's always wanting more and pushing the envelope, the next horizon, like when they arrive, it's kind of not enough. And yet, how do we balance the paradox of like, I look at the world and I'm like, people are suffering and I don't ever want to be satisfied with the suffering in the world. And that's why I've chosen yeah. to make, you know, my life about blessing lives or diminishing suffering, running towards suffering in some way and trying to do something about it. So I can relate to that idea of being dissatisfied when anyone is hurting to that. It's not okay. I want to do something about it. And yet there is a, this paradox in this point in my life, I just turned 40 and I'm learning so much to be present and accepting of what is and accepting not only my faults and holding myself in my own totality, society and the condition of the world and surrendering more to like a higher power and a belief that like I can't control everything because part of what has brought you know poor mental health in my life has been this relying on the arm of the flesh and trying to control everything and the anxiety that comes with that instead of um, being satisfied and deeply present and feeling there's a sanctification and just accepting what is, you know? So I'd love your thoughts about that because I think as a, as a guru in wellness, I'm sure you've tackled this, especially when you identify yourself as someone who's constantly dissatisfied. <laughs> um, that's a lot of good stuff there, Lindsay. Well, the first thing I think is um, our, our chronological age and our biological age are two very different things. And every cell in our body has its own age, right? And it's not, so you're saying, okay, I'm 40 and therefore this is the construct. So I, my first thing around constant dissatisfaction and age and numbers, like I love numbers. Mm -hmm. I love finances. My favorite thing to do is to work on my P&L for <laughs> my company. <laughs> I just, I just love it so much. But again, numbers, when it comes to age, you don't want them to sort of put you in a box. So that's the first part around constant dissatisfaction that I would, I would, um, that I think about. And, and then, and then just sometimes, uh, I think about that constant dissatisfaction. It's not a negative. It's, it's, 
very much connected to it's very much connected to that constant curiosity and i have young children like i have twins that are 8 years old and i'm thinking all the time how would they approach this like you know if they're going to sit there and and work on their rubik's cube until they can figure it out that's constant dissatisfaction right so that's right. that's something like that's that high performance mindset that you know we just we just keep playing and keep going for it and you know it's like not quitting it's that focus it's it's being able to focus and then look at how you can optimize something i think that's what makes you know there's a really famous quote that that says whatever you can do or dream you can do you need to begin it boldness has genius power and magic in it and that's gotier and that quote is something that i believe in and that's part of the constant dissatisfaction so lindsay you can dream and you can see a better world and the fact that you're capable of that means that you can begin it and then it can become and that's all tied to constant dissatisfaction in my mind oh i love that so when i hear you say constant dissatisfaction instead of being disgruntled or unpleased or having a negative experience it's more of like a play with a playing with i loved how you said you know they sit there and play in this grit this playing with what is yeah. and your interaction with it or your your um ability your agency in in shaping the world around you which is way way inspiring you know so it's interesting that's why i love asking people more details about what words mean you know jordan peterson um a canadian you know professor yes, thought leader very famous um he he talks about when people ask him do you believe in god and he says i don't know what you mean by believe and i don't know what you mean by god so like let me start there like and that so always true. like hit me because i was like so many times we fill in stories about what the other person might be thinking or feeling or saying because we don't get curious like the other side of your of, of your coupling is like and you're constantly curious if you're not curious about what they mean by that you make all these assumptions right um and i i'm just glad that you were able to articulate it more it's it's, it's it was really powerful so thank you for that oh so, yay for sure yeah, so so you're uh currently tell me right now you just mentioned a product and i forget what you said but there's something out of you said france or europe that you're bringing right mm -hmm. now that nobody knows about yes i'm, I'm like tell me the secrets lady. i know it's so <laughs> it's so freaking exciting so um if most most people are taking collagen for good reason right because collagen is like the most abundant protein in our bodies it's the matrix that holds our skin up it does so much and i mean i'm focusing on on skin but it does so much for our joints for our bone there's you know and everybody's got collagen now which is again fabulous but when you couple it with elastin so elastin is what makes our skin elastic it's it's what makes it firm it's what keeps its structure it's very healing um when you couple it with elastin then all of a sudden you're like 10xing the benefits of collagen so Ooh. anyone who's taking it you know it's elastin 
So it was four years ago. I was in northern France um, on one of my natural expeditions of discovery. And I was um, in this, it's um, a port. So it's like a fishing town, very stinky place. And it was very early in the morning because, of course, I want to go out on the boats and I want to be with the fishermen and I want to explore all of it. And it was dreary and it was cold. And when we got back into the offices after our breakfast of fish and wine and all this like true fishing town, uh, in the one laboratory, there was this test tube that said Elastin on it. I'm like, I've been looking for this stuff because I couldn't find Elastin. Wow. It's a it's a peptide anywhere. And I think that was like the missing link in the Asian culture because wow. of all the bone broth that has so much um, cartilage. You know, they're, they're cooking the chicken's feet and things like that. I was like, oh, they must be getting a lot more Elastin. But I couldn't find a way to source it. And so this comes from the skin of fish. Wow. And it's pure elastin. And is it topical so, or is it a supplement? It's ingestible. So okay. I discovered it for just over four years ago. Okay. And I brought it back. I literally brought a bag with me on the airplane. I wouldn't, I was like, no, we're sending it to the scientists, but I'm taking some with me. So back I go home with my bag of elastin. It looks like a bag of Coke and probably, I don't <laughs> even know how I got it through customs. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're confused. Oh, that's so funny. But uh, I wouldn't like let it go. I was like, I've been looking for you my whole life. And so I bring the elastin back and then we start to do clinical research. And, um, we spent two years doing a clinical study and the risk on 89 women, double blind placebo controlled study. This is wow. the real deal. Peer reviewed. So this is a, a plus. Yeah. A plus, yeah. and I combined it with collagen, vitamin C, and hyaluronic acid. And you're going to get some of this too. Um, ah. It's our skin nutrition. And it literally, we studied women's faces. And it's the volume of the wrinkles in the forehead. Like, they look like they're gone. The firmness wow. in the skin. Like, it's really something wow. that... And, and the thing about wrinkles in our forehead is if you do Botox, like when you're young, in your early 30s, you know, you're not going to form those wrinkles. But what happens is there are dynamic, you know, there are two types. There are static and dynamic wrinkles, two types. And so the dynamic wrinkle is one that's formed from, you know, moving our face around. So when we freeze our forehead with a neurotoxin, what happens is those wrinkles start to form like more in your crow's feet because your face is still needing to make the moves, right? And so this is nourishing your skin from the inside. It takes 10 years to form wrinkles on your forehead. Like wow. it takes 10 years for them to get to the outermost layer of your skin. And this nourishes like literally over, our study was done over eight, eight weeks and it nourishes the wrinkle from the inside out. And then all of a sudden, it's like transforming. So I never, I never miss a day. Even if wow. I have to, it, it's like a powder. It's like a collagen powder, but it has elastin. Does it have a taste? Is it fishy? Not really. It has a little, so I mix it. I, I, sh I don't have it here, but 
basically I mix it in with um, like three ounces of water mm-hmm. and because it has collagen in there, it just, it's oh. like a little bit thick. You can put it in your coffee, you can put it in your smoothie, whatever you want to do. It really doesn't have an odor of fish. It's, it's, you know, we're obsessed and compulsive. So it like, it's been done so well and it dissolves yes. really nicely, but it is, I mean, there are fish skins in there. So if you have like a super sensitive nose, you may notice it, but then you put it into something that covers it and you won't taste it. Nice. How exciting. And do you have like, is this your favorite product right now? Like if you were to be like, Hey, Christmas present, get this for your girlfriend, buy this for yourself, whatever it is. I just love that you said, get this for your girlfriend. That's a very, (laughs) that that speaks to who you are. Um, That one. And then my other obsession is our hair nutrition because, you know, we have a hundred thousand hair follicles and um, what happens is our follicles age and so they become looser. So we start to lose more and more and more hair. Like right now I've got so much hair. It's you crazy. You great hair. So I went to New Zealand, um, which is where like the, the top gurus in scalp and hair health are. And I had them make me a peptide complex, which comes from um, New Zealand. It comes from actually um, the strong wool sheep, which is very wow. interesting. But it activates um, the collagen four in the follicle and it strengthens and tightens the follicle. So over 90 days, you lose 47% less hair. So, you know, every day you're losing 75 to 150 hairs. They just pop out. You know, they're in the shower. They're on your bed. This helps to keep 47% more of that hair, which is like thousands of hairs. It's a lot of hair. So I've been taking it for a year and it also helps to grow new hair. It activates the hair growth cycle. So it goes longer and faster. So it's like minoxidil that's working on activating the length of, of the hair growth cycle. So I know a lot about how to get a better hair day because most women have about 156 bad hair days a year. (laughs) I want to end that. That's amazing. I love it. I love that it's so holistic that you have so many different aspects of um, how you're thinking about it, whether it's sleep, nutrition, you're thinking of all the aspects of the outer bead. But I love what you talked about about earlier, you mentioned that probably mindset is the most toxic or potentially well, well-being um, hack there is. Um, maybe, you know, we're just coming here at the top of the hour and I'm so grateful you came on the show, but what, what's maybe one of the great pieces of advice. You said you have twins that are eight years old. I have a seven-year-old. I've got two older boys too, but how, you know, if you were to say to your kids, Hey, I want to give you this one piece of advice. I don't know. There's a, that's a big ask, but maybe something that comes to your mind of like for your mental state, like, here's what I want you to think about or how yet want you to perceive or anything that you're learning right now that you're just kind of on fire about that. You're seeing huge dividends or hacks from. Yeah. Okay, so it's not something that I just learned, but it's something that um, I think about a lot. So Mm. on average, let's say we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And how we work with our thoughts, right? Like how many of those thoughts, where do those thoughts go? 
What are we right. doing with them? How do we how do we um, give ourselves a competitive advantage? Mindset is everything, a hundred percent. You know, like the work that Elliot does with sub. I'm I'm actually going to work with him um, this this evening, and so. After I get done with you, I'm I work out with my trainer. So of course, exercises is, is is so important for all of us. But but it's all about my it's all about my mindset and my thoughts and my sense of well being. Uh, so that's what I would tell my kiddos. Like you know, we've got sixty thousand plus of these thoughts that occur on a day, and how we work with those and how we develop ourselves through our thought process is where I want them to put their attention. That's beautiful. So just recognizing the becoming aware that that, that there's this influx of 60,000 different thoughts. And, and do you have advice about how to make sure that they're positive, that they're edifying? Like if you are getting ruminating thoughts, like, you know, if you're in a really bad season or really anxious season or stress, or even just having a mental ill health episode yeah. where that is one of the features of depression or anxiety is negative yep. rumination. Big time. What advice do you have to help change the channel and get more positive thoughts? It's it's a process, right? So um, I was diagnosed a year and a half ago with ADHD and I had debilitating anxiety like throughout my life and I, I never really treated it because I would just think, oh, you know, I just have to push that away. And um in my marriage, I was blessed and also challenged with the relationship in the sense that my husband, who's a dear friend to me, you know, really sort of protected me so that I could be an entrepreneur and would deal with my anxiety. And, um, and I, we had a very um, interdependent or co maybe codependent is probably a better choice, unfortunately, of words. So, I work on 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 this every single day and I think it's such a big question it's like if your room if I find myself obsessing um and ruminating and I do that all the time it's part of my nature then I know a lot of different tools on how to shift if it's getting on my rebounder or doing some breathing exercises or making sure that no matter what I'm walking every single day or that I can give you 20,000 things, but it's a constant journey and yeah, you just try to make it more good thoughts. And then if there mm -hmm. are relationships that are creating more of that, you know, releasing those, it's, it's a constant, constant challenge. Beautiful. Oh gosh, those were great things. By the way, I was diagnosed with ADHD at 39 and it, it's, it was like so validating, but also painful because I just thought, oh my gosh, if I had known this all these years and the, the main feature that they described it to me is that it is a dopamine deficit. Like you're constantly, and you know, people, people close to me are like, yeah, duh. Like, of course you have ADHD, but like, I didn't realize, and I think it's because I was really high functioning. And so getting a lot done and I'm really organized and type A and have a lot of like systems. But again, you nailed it. Like I have this beautiful husband who has been this beautiful container for any of the anxiety or stress that I've had and loved me unconditionally and supported me in all these different ways that um, many times I've taken for granted 
of unfortunately, right? Because when I'm such a doer and so I, such a value yeah. creator, it can be easy to be like, look at all this output and look at all this coming in. And I forget that there's this beautiful foundation that my life has been built upon and I'm getting much better at recognizing that. But I also love that you said, checking in with yourself about relationships that bring more of it. Like that has been such a beautiful part of the last few years of my life is like recognizing people that when I'm with them, I just feel so abundant and joyful and they they fill me up. I feel totally unjudged or, you know, just received and fully known and chosen. And it's like not work. And then some relationships that are a lot of work. And it's not that I want to shy away from relationships that aren't work because um, those have gifts in us too and can help us grow. But recognizing the places that are safe havens, that are that are abundance um, making, that can lower those ruminating thoughts when you need that extra help is just a really beautiful awareness. So I love I love all the advice you gave, Naomi. You're oh, such a gem and such a oh. wealth of wisdom. It's my it's my privilege. Like I, you know, I I think it goes back to, you know, growing up, even though it was Europe there's such a different mindset and and literally every day i pinch myself and i just have deep 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 gratitude and it's not like i wouldn't have it wasn't like i was living in a war zone in a third world country or something like that not at all but just the we're we're so blessed we're so lucky and it is a constant process and it's just you know being real with oneself so that we can really sort of take that opportunity to give back in all the ways that we're capable of. And I don't even know, you know, Lindsay, you and I could talk in 10 years from now and and who knows what kind of impact we're going to have. But certainly with AI right now yeah. and with the moment that we're in as, as a, a globe, it's just so incredibly exciting to be an entrepreneur. I couldn't think of a better time. I, I totally agree. And thank you again for coming on the show, Naomi, and for your brave audacity, being a force of nature and creating a better world around you. And I'm so grateful you gave us this time. What a treat to have you on the show. I'm so grateful to you. And thank you for having me. Do you need help with the next steps for your financial plan? Think Capita. Capita is a financial network built around you. They have a team of financial advisors, CPAs, estate attorneys, Medicare providers, and social security experts to help you accomplish your financial goals. Call to schedule a complimentary consultation at 801-566-5058 or visit their website at www.capitafinancialnetwork.com. You can also check out their financial education podcast, The Financial Call, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube.